What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Trailblazer reporter Mike Richmond. Let's do another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts, and now also on YouTube. Uh, we have been on YouTube for about six weeks. It's uh, you know we've we we're slowly growing our community there. But if you haven't subscribed, you're listening to the show now, either on a podcast platform, go to YouTube, search Locked On Blazers, subscribe to the show, do me a solid. Or if you're listening on YouTube um, or watching on YouTube and you're not a subscriber, go ahead and s- s- smash that subscribe button. It's the only daily Trailblazers podcast. It comes out five days, five days a week free wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. So make make Lockdown Blaze your first listen every day and make it a part of your YouTube routine. Or if you're not a, a regular YouTuber, check us out. I think you'll I think you'll enjoy it. A little uh you could put a face to the voice. Uh we got a fun show for you today or at least a, a lot going on in the show today. There's there's just a bunch of news that we need to go over. Um Chris McGowan out as the president. This happened. He announced his resignation on Friday. If you were looking for that Friday news dump from the Blazers and looking for an executive to resign from their position on Friday, you probably didn't have Chris McGowan on your bingo card. I might even not have Chris McGowan on your wish list. But McGowan is out. Neil Olshay is still um, sort of... places in limbo with the Blazers. Uh, also, Damon Lord did not play Sunday. The Blazers wrapped up a road trip with a 29-point shellacking at the hands of the Denver Nuggets. They just got, they got rolled in Denver. Uh, Dame didn't play. So let's let's go through the news. Let's talk about the, the games from the weekend. They won on Friday night against Houston Rockets for the first road win. Then they lose, come back and just look terrible against a, um, a playoff level team on, on, in Denver. So, uh, let's, let's go through the news and then we'll talk about the games. Um, as we, like we do, um, but first Dame news, Dame sat, he's dealing with the same abdominal strain. That's been a problem for four, three, four years. Um, it's kind of a chronic injury. It's just, it's something that is, he's, he's continually dealt with and played through it. As he's mentioned, he's had a lot of success playing through an, you know, an irritated or, um, tight ab muscles. Uh, but he dealt with it in, in Tokyo and the Olympics. And if you watch the, um, the Olympic games that he just didn't look physically right. Like he just didn't, he didn't look like he was in the, he just didn't, he wasn't in the he was clearly not Damian Lillard. Like he just wasn't moving like Damian Lillard. There's been times this year when he's back to sort of not moving and not looking like Damian Lillard. Um, and it's, you know, I think this week he looked a lot better. You know, last week, I think it was November 3rd against the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. He kind of had like a, like he went to the rim and he kind of grabbed at his abs and it clearly was bothering him. And I said, it might be time to shut Dame down. Of course, he comes back and looks way better the following week. Like the shots go in. That's mostly what I'm I'm sort of judging. He looks better. There's he hasn't he still doesn't have this like crazy explosiveness, but um just like can he get can is he like getting shots from deep to go in? Are they climbing over the front rim? Or does he kind of look like he's just laboring a little bit? And he looked much more like the sort of offensive force he could be this week. And then of course, um uh, he, he doesn't play Sunday. He Six of 16 Friday, but he shot well from three. He just didn't shoot well from two. Didn't finish that well inside in the game. The Blazers didn't play particularly well against the Houston Rockets. Um, but before he was ruled out Saturday and before the game, Chauncey Billups said that they consider Damian Lord day-to-day. He didn't have an update beyond that. Um, but but Chauncey said he had to talk Dame out of playing. I think that's notable. And that it was um, basically what his his comment to Dame was, and, and this, he told this to... Uh, assembled reporters pregame was that he told Dame that it was too early to be playing hurt every night. And that's kind of was my reasoning when this was, I believe that was in 10 days ago now, but it was like, um, just shut, you know, shut Dame down because it's, it, 
he's he's just not right and it's you got to you know you 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 need Dame in February more than you need him in in November. Now the Blazers don't look very good. Um they're <laughs> so like um they're going to need him regardless, but um it, it's I think prioritizing his health makes sense and uh, we'll see what happens. They play Monday night against Toronto, second night of a back-to-back coming off a road trip. Bummer schedule. They've got some, a pretty tough schedule in November and this continues it. Um, so we'll see if he plays, but no real update that he's just, he's considered day-to-day. They're going to monitor it. Um, I, I would assume that the handful of days off could help Dame kind of regain it. But if the time between July when the Olympics were and now here we are in November, like not playing basketball and resting, if that didn't kind of heal it up, I can't imagine five days is going to totally fix it, but it could certainly help. Could certainly help. Um, I'm not a doctor. I was I'm, I was calling for it last week. I still think it's you know, like I said, just prior, prioritize health. Um, that's going to be important. Without Dame, the Blazers looked bad. We'll talk about it later in the show. But he's their best player, and they need him. Um, and even when he's not shooting well, he's his gravity and his um, and just being Damian Lord um, is is real va- offers real value on the floor. He was still you know he's he's their best best point guard by a mile. Um, their best passer. He sets guys up better than anyone else. He, he he's they need him. They need him in 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 so many words. Um, the other big news is that Chris McGowan uh, announced his resignation Friday morning in a letter to uh, in team employees, and then first the news first broken by Chris Haynes, and then officially announced by Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports, and then officially announced by the team a few minutes later. Uh, it's McGowan was not the executive you thought that was going to resign. Um, <laughs> I, there's no other way to say that. Like uh, I had Jason Quick on the show, and we were talking about Neil Olshay, who's still under investigation. More on that in a moment, and it was like, like. I was talking to, I said, Jay, like, I thought this would already be wrapped up. And he kind of joked like, well, it might be by the time you press publish on this, on this podcast, like it might be wrapped up tomorrow. We were recording that on Thursday morning. And so, uh, it, it didn't, that saga is ongoing, but the guy who left is, is McGowan. And, and thanks in large part to Jason Quick's excellent reporting, we kind of have, um, an image of what was what led to McGowan's departure. So he came in um, basically with Neil and Dame, like the whole sort of enterprise came in together um, as the Blazers revamped it. I I believe there was a year of Larry Miller and then he came in the following summer, but like it's, they've, they've been together for, um, uh, you know, he's been running nearly a decade running the operations there. He runs the business side. So it's the people who sell tickets and get sponsors and like that. He's not making basketball decisions. He's not a basketball decision maker. He works. He's a, he's the other guy um, in, in who's in charge there, but he's not, he's, he's, you know, he's the money guy, not the hoops guy. Um, I guess it's all hoops related, but basically it sounds like, and again, this is reporting from Jason Quick of the Athletic, that this has been simmering for months, at least since June, when uh, the Blazers had their initial uh, post season press conference and Neil Olshay basically said like the 29th rated defense is not a product of the roster if you've been watching this team play defense with an upgraded roster certainly feels like it might be not just a coaching problem but you know Neil Neil throws Terry under the bus kind of needlessly like the question was do you feel like your job is secure was the question Neil and he throws Terry under the bus bizarre moment right like we talked about it here on the podcast truly truly strange moment not unnecessary unnecessary drama not something that you just didn't need to do that you needed to present a you know like a professional face and this was um someone being maybe vindictive for no reason um not great. And when that happened, 
Chris McGowan went to Jody Allen and Burt Cold went to the people in charge, you know, the the owner and Burt Cold who's runs like Vulcan Entertainment, the the number one guy in charge of at at Vulcan, the company that owns the Blazers, um, along with the Allen Estate or the part of the Allen Estate that owns the Blazers, and and he was denied. No, you're not going to be the voice. Um, McGowan didn't want to run. He didn't want any basketball say. He didn't want to. He didn't want Neil's job. He wasn't looking for. Um, he wasn't looking to be involved in the sort of front office. He wanted to be involved he, by way of saying when there's a press conference, I'm the one who talks because I won't screw it up. And the Blazers said no. And then what they do? They put Neil Olshay in front of a microphone, Chauncey Billups introductory press conference, and he biffed it again. And he biffed it in a way that was again unprofessional, unprepared, unnecessary. It was just. Um, they just kept stepping on the rakes. They just kept stepping on the rakes. And again, after that press conference, Chris McGowan goes back to Jody Allen, goes back to Burt Cold, asks again. This is according to Jason Quick of The Athletic. I would like to be the, the face, the voice of this team, please. And they say no. And so that's twice in about you know, a month-long period of a messy summer. Um, and so it sounds like this is reading between the lines, not reported by Quick. It's that... Chris McGowan made his decision then. He said, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be involved in whatever this looks like. Um, then it, the other good reporting from Quick, and again, subscribe to The Athletic so you can get this. I'm not going to give you all the details here, but it, Jason's doing it better than anyone else. It's why we have him on the podcast. Um, it's why I pay to read his work. Um, it's, it just sounds like within the Blazers organization that since Jody has taken over after Paul passed in 2018, uh, Paul, that's Paul Allen, former Blazers owner, and Jody is, Jody is his sister. After Paul passed in 2018, it just, she's not as, you know, she's not as deeply committed to running the staff and running this team and running this enterprise like she doesn't she's into it like she went to the playoffs she was you know she's in the locker room after they won game seven and um in denver and like she's been at games this year she was even at a couple games uh last week when they were here for their um for that brief two game stand like she's it's not like she doesn't give um she's like she's totally disinterested she just she's not passionately involved like the way paul was and like that difference it just seems like um it seems like it's just everything is a little bit sloppier and a little bit um, messier around the organization because you don't have that like super committed, super um, like, dialed in leadership. Um, and, and I'll say this, um, McGowan leaving, he says it has nothing to do with the Neil Olshay investigation. He's uh, promoted his, his right-hand man, Dwayne uh, Haskins, who, um, or Dwayne Hankins, rather. Dwayne Haskins is a football player. Dwayne Hankins, who's um, been with the Blazers for a long time. He's had a couple different C-level ti- C titles, but he was the head, he was the CMO, chief marketing officer, and 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 um, he's he'll step into the president role, a guy who's been around who been around a long time, and got to start with uh, as as the voice of the uh, Los Angeles Kings hockey team. Snarky Kings tweets. Now the president of a basketball team. If you work in social media, follow your dreams. You too could run a basketball team one day if you are as smart as Dwayne is, and he's certainly in my interactions with him. <laughs> bet he can run a basketball team just fine. Um, but where we are right where where we've landed now with with McGowan stepping down it's like 
the Blazers' culture is just a mess. Whatever's happening in the building is messy. I think there were signs pointing that way all summer with with the Dame and the Neal stuff, and we didn't really know this sort of behind-the-scenes situation with McGowan, but now that you know that was happening and you you have the the public-facing stuff with Neal, you have the public-facing stuff with uh, Dame demanding a trade, then you have McGowan leaving before his contract expires in June and just saying, it's the holidays, baby, I'm going to spend time with my family. I don't need this. Um... It's, there's the sort of like thing that we would point to and we being like members of the local media, such as myself, is like the Blazers have this established strong culture and they can lean back on that. I don't think you could say that anymore. I don't think you can. And, and part of the reason that you can't is because like whatever's happening, Neil O'Shea is still there and it's just like this messy power struggle. And I want to talk a little bit about sort of the messy power struggle a little bit more on McGowan in the second segment, but we got to take a quick break. And uh, let me tell you about prize picks. It's the uh, best NBA DFS prop game on the market. It offers more props than any other DFS operator. And it's offering all the superstar players as well as the bench players. And it's, it's anything you think of points, rebounds, assists, blocks, whatever it is. Um, Here's what you do. You pick two to five players and the over under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on each of your entries. And it's just you versus the projected numbers. You're not playing against, experts you're not playing against um, a big a, a big field to win you pick the over-unders if you win they pay out and they pay out quickly and and it's it's safe and with fast withdrawals you can ma- make your entries in under 60 seconds simple get your money quick so why don't you go to prizepicks.com and be sure to put in the promo code nba and they will give you a 100 instant match up to 100 when you use that promo code you can go to their website prizepicks.com or the app store and download the app today that's prize picks daily fantasy made easy today's show is also brought to you by direct tv listen if you are um If you are living in the modern world, sometimes hopping between devices and hopping between remotes and everything just just to switch from watching the Blazer game to watching a movie after can be a struggle, can be a hassle. So here's a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without all that hassle. Great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. It brings you live TV and on-demand favorites like, like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, your favorite movies, and all your favorite shows all in one place. So no more juggling remotes, no more buying new devices or switching between devices. And listen, there's no annual contract. So you find, you Try it out. Find it out if it works for you and you're not, there's no long-term commitment. Get rid of the clutter and the confusion. Get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right. So we talked about Dame's... We talked about the news. Dame's injury and Chris McGowan leaving. Um... I close the first segment talking about sort of the Blazers culture. And I think this is a thing we've pointed to. And much of it is just like, um, Neil Olshay brings in good dudes. Damon Lord is such a good leader and they don't, ha- and you know, and they typically, the arena is full and they're doing, they're, 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 the train keeps on moving. Like things, you know, you know, with the trains, the train is running on time. And I think for the first time in the time, since I've been around the team and I've been covering the team, you know, I've lived here a long time, but I've been covering the team on a regular basis since 2014, um, in various capacities. It's, you know, some point traveling around the country and other times, um, producing a daily podcast from my basement. Uh, but you know, I, I've, I spent a lot of time around the team and sort of some of the principles involved in this, um, in this mess. And like, I always generally thought, even if I thought Neil Olshay was kind of prickly, that like the, 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 
it kept the things kept going and mostly they were like they were headed in the right direction or at least like their limitations were sort of just like the normal limitations that a basketball team makes but now it seems like there's just there's just more messiness there's this power struggle between McGowan wanting to be the voice and the Blazers not willing to give it up from Neil and I'm sure Neil was resistant to give up um that control right to to yield that control and admit like I'm not fit to be in front of a microphone um or whatever, whatever read you want to make there. That's that's kind of my read there. But with like whatever it would mean to not yield uh, that position to Chris McGowan, um, whether that would just be like a, a looking like a sign of stepping down, stepping back, or whatever it would be. But as I, as I record this tonight, um, Sunday, November fourteenth, uh, it's Neil Olshay is still the Blazers president of basketball operations, and again, according to Jason Quick of the Athletic, a weekly a guest on the show. We'll have him on the show later this week. So um, it's. It's where you're going to find them and hear from quick and, um, you know, 30 minutes of the best, the best reporting on the team. So make sure you're checking back to the show, but quick reports that the investigation is ongoing and there's no, there's no resignation from Neil Olshay that is like going to be, you know, supposedly quickly happen, quickly going to happen. Um, quick's exact language in a tweet he sent out, there's no deal or buyout settlement. That's Olshay is not, is he's going to fight for his job, not take a deal or buyout settlement. Um, this investigation was always about the money. Let's let's not get it twisted. There is some part of like culpability, like if they really believe that there's this toxic work, workplace culture that they want to do an investigation. And if it's not just Neil, if there's subordinates around him or if there's other people that have been enablers of this, then you you avoid litigation from your employees who brought this complaint forward, right? But you didn't need to launch an investigation to fire Neil Olshay. You didn't, that's not how this works. You don't need to do that. You can just fire someone, give them their paychecks and let them go on their way. Like th that happens. The league is results based. Like people get fired all the time in the NBA. Um, you don't, you're not, you're, you can get fired with no cause. The cause can be, we need, we want to do something different now. Um, and after, quite frankly, after the, the run that Neil's had, we want to do something different is a reasonable explanation for sort of like what's next for the basketball team. Right. But it, like instead, um, Neil is, is he, he's resistant to give back his money because he signed a contract extension. Of course, people want their money. Um, duh. So the, the investigation is about finding cause, being able to fire Neil with cause and get his money. Like that's what's happening here. I sent out kind of a snarky tweet that said, you don't have to launch an investigation to fire people. And I think some of you missed the point. Some, some of you dear Twitter people who probably don't listen to the show because all my listeners are smart and they get nuance. Um, but like it, it, they're doing this. It's, it's a, it's a financial situation. Like they, if they wanted to fire Neil, they could have done it last week and then they could have launched the investigation separately, but like making, having the, having it be public, announcing it and recognizing it. And then having this situation, this is not what the Blazers would want to do. This isn't the mess they want. They didn't want to create this for themselves. So, um, you know, whether they're, they're doing sort of, whether you view it as like doing the right thing by an employee that raised a complaint, um, or you think it's like for more, more nefarious reasons, the ultimate goal is the same is to, is to have Neil get fired with cause. And I still think Neil Olshay will not be the main decision maker for this team. I can't, it's hard for me to imagine the situation playing out as it's been. Um, and now Chris McGowan stepping down amid, and what we know, and now with, with this ongoing that Neil Olshay would come back after a two and a half week investigation and say, yep, like, yes, I'm, I'm here. <laughs> I'm still here and I'm the guy and I'm still going to do press conferences. And like, it's just, it, it kind of just seems like when, and I think that's, 
that's kind of where this, this team is at. And that's why I talked about sort of like the vaunted culture that I'm a part of like um, the pushing that propaganda. I don't think you can push that anymore. I don't, I, I think the only thing you could say is that the Blazers appear to be messy. And if you unpack really any of the details that have been publicly reported, plus what you've just kind of seen in front of you, like you don't need the behind the scenes stuff necessarily, but if you're able to sort of unpack what, you know, the sort of public behaviors that you've seen um, from the principal actors in this saga, as well as um, the reporting from uh, the likes of Jason Quick and Chris Haynes. Um, uh, it's, it's um, you just know that the Blazers have been a mess for six months, at least. It's just been messy for six months. And they just, they, they're a team in disarray. And they once were, they're kind of were a beacon of being, if, if boring, very solid, you know, eight consecutive playoff, playoff appearances. A lot of that is because Damian Lord is so damn good. But like, um, you just, a lot of teams would kill for that type of success in Minnesota and Sacramento. They would, um, you know, <laughs> they would, they would, there would be some real bargaining for that like level of consistency. Um, you know, not, not a lot of, uh, whatever, not a lot of like deep postseason runs, but, but consistent success and consistent success and sort of like drama free. Like the thing you could say about the team was that they were boring. That was the biggest maybe knock on them is that they were just kind of like, Oh yeah, you know what they're going to be. And they're boring. They've kind of, they've, they're beyond boring. They're, they're just, they're just messy now. Um, and that's what I want to talk about to close the show. The messiness, while I don't think it's like spilling over to the team necessarily, it includes, the messiness includes the product we're seeing on the floor. The Blazers uh, finish up a four-game road trip at one and three. They're just one and six on the road now. Um, they're bad away from the Moda Center and ended with get, losing by nearly 30 points to the Nuggets in a game they weren't particularly competitive. Let's talk about what we saw this weekend, a win on Friday and a bad loss on Sunday in the, the final segment of the show. But first, let me tell you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. That's what they're doing. They're making delicious protein bars. Um, you can you can try. You can, you can go out into the world and try to find a better protein bar. There are many, many, many options available to you. But you're not going to find a better one. I have been I have been telling you about Bill Bars for a long time, but I've also been eating them in my home because I tried them once. Uh, full disclosure, they sent me a box. I said, "Cool, some free stuff for reading uh, ad copy," and I said, "These rock." And I started spending my own money to buy them because I Bill Bar is Bill Bars taste great, but they also have real real uh, mac like valuable macros: seventeen to eighteen grams of protein, only one hundred and thirty to one hundred and eighty calories, four to five grams of sugar, and no more than five grams of net carbs. Listen, they taste great, pretty good for you. So why don't you go get yourself some? Go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Still a pass first point guard, still Mike Richmond. You're still listening to Locked on Blazers. We talked about the news today. We got a lot. Uh, Damon Lord hurt, Chris McGowan out, Neil's still there, and the Blazers lose Sunday night in... uh, Denver, like we would typically do at this time, would be the fastest recap in the West, but I'm going to spare you this one. The Blazers were down 18 to 4, seven and a half minutes into this game, and the ballgame was over. Bye. See you later. No Damon Lord. Anthony Simon starts in his place. And the Blazers came out absolutely flat and didn't play a lick of defense. They were down double digits early. They got as close as eight. 
uh, in the second half. They got as close as nine a couple times too. And and then whenever the Nuggets needed to, they pulled away. The Blazers were like vaguely in the game to begin the fourth quarter and the Nuggets had their bench on the court and that bench unit uh, pushed the lead up to 26 and both teams waved the white flag. Nuggets starters never came back in the game. Uh, it was a, a shellacking, 124-95 in, in Denver. Um, Ugh. Came on the heels of a 104-92 win in Houston. Blazers' first road win against the uh, now 1-11 Houston Rockets. Houston's terrible. The Blazers didn't play particularly well, but they won. Like, no style points on that one. Who cares? You just need to win. It would have been very notable if they lost. Instead, they kind of played uh, not great, but but found a way to win. And Nazir Little was awesome in that game. 13 points, 14 boards. A highlight dunk that made Lamar Hurd. <laughs> Shout out to you, Lamar, if you're listening. But made my man Lamar shriek. Um he was really good. It was kind of just like proof of concept for him. It's like, this dude can play, let him play more. Um, and, um, he, you know, he's, he he can help. And the sort of my big question for Nazir was, could he be a like consistent NBA contributor or would there be sort of, you know, peaks and valleys. And for the most part, he's, he's consistent because he contributes in the hustle categories. And occasionally he like, he's a really good, really good and smart rebounder. He, he'll, he'll block shots. He'll play hard. Um, and, he, you know, he, with his feet set, he's at least a decent shooter and he's a really good athlete starting to get confidence attacking the rim. Um, one thing I'll say with Nas really good. Watch this really good on, on a two footed jump stop. He'll drive to his, usually his weak hand, his, his left hand hard and stop on two feet. If he stops on two feet and gets balance under him, that's a good shot for Nas. Uh, Blazers won, uh, 10492 in Houston. Uh, Nas was the story there. So were the, uh, Rockets ugly jerseys, uh, should have gone back. Back to Ronald McDonald should have turned it back one more iteration of throwbacks. Whoops. Um, but Blazers followed that up with just a stinker in Denver. And I don't have a lot for you. Um, I don't have a lot on this Nuggets game. I'll be honest because Will Barton didn't play. Ruled out just before... Um, just before tip-off with a, with a tight back. Michael Porter Jr. didn't play. Jamal Murray out for the season didn't play. So you're you're talking about just like coming up against Monte Morris and Bones Highland and Austin Rivers and the majesty of Nikola Jokic, who's really damn good, and just laying an absolute egg. They just didn't play hard enough. I'm not usually one who says that effort is an issue, but they just didn't come out with the requisite energy. This was not a situation in which, like, seven minutes before tip-off, Dame comes out and is like, yo, my ab is jacked, I can't play. And you got to tap someone and say, hey, Ant, you're starting, you're now going to play 35 minutes, you're in. This was, he was ruled out on, on Saturday. They'd been, they'd been in the city, they'd been in Denver. They, 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 they could talk at the hotel, they knew the plan, they went through a walkthrough this morning. Um, pre-game, they knew the plan, they knew who was going to play. I imagine they knew who the starter was on Saturday. Hey, Ant, you're going to start. Every time start at point guard, or whatever, other guard. Um, and, like, it, it, there was no surprise. And the Blazers come out flat, and they come out flat just... Um, the, the term that, uh, Chauncey Billups has used a bunch is that they're counter punchers. They wait, they wait for the other team to throw the first punch and they try to, they try to, um, they try to throw a counter punch, right? They try to, they try to match that energy. And, um, that's not what, even what this was. They just didn't play hard from the beginning and then they was over. And then they were like, Oh, what if we scramble? Look, we'll try to scramble back. And there were moments when they did scramble back. Like I thought Ant was fine and Norm was fine and Nas played hard and the bench was okay. And CJ had a really nice third quarter, um, terrible Nurk night. Uh, but like it's the question isn't, is this team good enough? 
right? Like that's, we could debate that, right? But the, the question is, did this team play hard enough to win? No, they didn't. They didn't like, no, they didn't meet. There's like, I always say this about defense, right? Is that everyone wants to say that it's energy and effort is the only thing that matters on defense. I think that's wrong. I think that there is a requisite amount of energy and effort necessary to be a good defender. And then the rest of it is IQ and skill stuff. And I think the Blazers did not play with the requisite amount of energy and effort to talk about the skill stuff, to talk about whether they were talented enough, to talk about what this roster, you know, looks like without Dame to sort of project forward if Dame misses Monday night's game against Toronto, what it might look like. They just didn't, they didn't bring it. They didn't bring it. Like... There's no, there doesn't, we don't need to go deep analysis on this. Like, um, I'm, I'm eschewing the box score on this one because, um, you just, this was a, this was a game where they looked like they were just going through the motions and the, and, uh, you know, and uh, like a bad team does it just show up and get, show up and get clowned, like show up and show up and go through the motions because it, because, um, not not because the game is like, it doesn't mean anything to you, but because like, you kind of know that you're not going to be in it because you're a bad team. And they, they, that is, um, that mentality is, is a mentality of a terrible team. And if the Blazers have that mentality, they're the mentality of a terrible team. It happens in the league all the time as you play a bunch of play teams that lose all the time. And when they get down, they look like a team that loses all the time. But I will say this, the mark of being a, the mark often of good coaches is that their teams play hard as shit. And right now, Chauncey Billups can't get this team to play hard enough. Um, whether that's because he's 12 games into his coaching career or, um, or just isn't reaching them or whatever. Like it's, um, even when the Miami Heat have missed the playoffs in the last couple of years, they've, um, haven't done it a bunch, but, it, but a couple, three years ago they did. And, uh, they still played hard as hell. Um, the, the Toronto Raptors under Nick Nurse last year, they sucked. The Tampa Raptors sucked, but they played hard as hell. You weren't going to get them on, um, you you know, you weren't going to just, you weren't going to just beat the snot out of them. The mark of good teams is that they are, um, they are just a, just dogs to play against. And even if they're out talented, it sucks to play against them because they're going to play really hard. Um, I thought that was a couple years ago, the mark of the OKC team with, uh, with Shea and uh, Chris Paul and, and Dennis Schroeder. They weren't super good. They ended up, you know, they ended up making the playoffs, but like why they were in the hunt for so long is because they just, Billy Donovan had him playing really hard and they're just not playing that hard right now. Um, I'm not going to put that all on Chauncey by any means. That is the responsibility of the veterans, the responsibility of, of Yusuf Nurkic and, and CJ McCollum to come and bring that. It's the responsibility of Robert Covington to come and bring that. But it's, part of it is, it's all, you know, it's like, it's, it isn't, um, binary as, as I like to say in this podcast, like it, it's the responsibility of both the players and the coaches, I think is more responsibility of players in this case. Um, but certainly I think it would be, um, it would be incorrect to not, to mention effort and not mention the coaching staff. I would be remiss if I didn't. So I wanted to, I wanted to make that point clear. Here's where I'm at with the Blazers and, and, um, there's more games coming and we'll see Dame's health will matter. And we'll, we'll look into the real basketball stuff, but kind of like a change needs to they need a change. They need a change. And I'm not talking about the the front office stuff. The I don't think the like I think the Neil Chris McGowan drama like bleeds a little bit into the locker room, but I think most for the most part they're insulated from that. Like it doesn't um it doesn't really impact uh it certainly doesn't impact your effort against the Denver Nuggets in Denver. Like um there there's probably some other some other like unquantifiable messiness that bleeds onto the basketball team, but I'm not willing to put that messiness onto the basketball players messiness. Like I think those are two separate, two separate things. Right. Um, but the Blazers just need change. They need a change. They need, um, you know, a trade's probably not going to happen for another month at least, uh, because in, 
the way timing works for guys signed in the off season that D- December 15th is usually, or is, is the sort of, um, the date when guys who signed contracts in the off season can be traded. So like, it'll be at least until December 15th when trades really heat up. Um, and then maybe even it'll be in January when, uh, guys who signed one year deals can be traded and you start, um, and the action really happens. But like the Blazers, if before a trade happens, and I think it's inevitable that something's going to happen. Their four best offensive players are six foot three. Um, it's, something's gonna something's gotta give either they're gonna commit to paying Amphrey Simons and have this wild six foot three uh, tornado of of not big enough to compete in the league or one of Norman CJ or Ant will be traded and they'll and they'll try to rebalance the roster whether that's Neil which I don't think it will be or someone else like that 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 seems inevitable to me but before that something needs to happen some other 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 this team desperately needs a change they need to change up the starting lineup they need to change um Maybe just maybe just run um, just a, just totally revamp a couple new sets on offense. Like I don't think I don't think like four new actions is exactly going to change it. But like um, you know maybe running a bunch of DHOs through the elbows is not what they want, and they should you know roll back to to something simpler or roll to having um, you know Damon CJ off the ball a ton to open games. Like they just need they just need new new spice and i think a lineup change is is number one at the top of my list more than anything else they need to ch- break up the starting lineup get bigger i hated starting anthony simon's tonight. i think it was a wonderful time to start larry nance or um or nazir little and just go bigger on the wings and be bigger against a front line of aaron gordon jeff green and, and nikola Jokic. i just it didn't make any sense to me as good as ant's been and he's been he's been awesome it was like i i hate i just don't i do not care for that decision um i go bigger, change it up. Like go like get this, the, I know that the Blazers four best offensive players are guards and I get it. And it's a tough hand to be dealt. Um, but they've got to, they got to figure something else out. Even moving, um, Larry Nansen in the starting lineup over Rocco. I'm not really super in favor of that. Um, but like a- any change at this point, I'm, I'm there for, cause they just need it. They need, they desperately need, um, they need to change a pace. They need to change something up. They need, they need to try something new because I don't think the trade is coming in the nearish future. Like they're, you know, 15 games away from that and they can't let this thing slide away. And they just need to, if regardless of Dame's availability, uh, and they've been way better at home than on the road. This is, it's mostly been a problem. They just don't bring, they just do not pack the effort with them. Like they just, you can't get dogged in the first quarter of a game and then, and then just be totally flat the rest of the game. You can't try to, um, you know, flurry back from down 20 against a playoff team in, in eight minutes. The Blazers aren't good enough to do that. The really elite teams can, that's not who they are. Um, they need to take, they need to respect the game um, because, uh, <laughs> To paraphrase Nate McMillan, um, if you MF the game, the game will MF you. And that's, I mean, that's what happened on Sunday night. Uh, that's what happened Sunday night in, in Denver is the Blazers. They, they didn't, they didn't respect the game and they lost by 30 because of it. A change needs to happen. Something's, something's gotta come. Something in the basketball world, um, needs, needs to be changed up because we know that this era of Blazer basketball is, is done, right? Stott's gone, McGowan gone, Olshay likely to be gone. And then, and then you're just, you're left with pushing forward in a new era. And to me, the new era is going to end up with some, some personnel moves, but, but as we usher into that new era, let's change things up. Let's just, let's not, please don't trot out this same group and say, Hey, this remember the net rating from the final 24 games of last season. Miss me with that. It's time for real changes.
Blazers play the Toronto Raptors tomorrow night. I will be at the game. Home game against the Raptors. Should be a lot of fun. Hopefully the Raptors are at full strength. I know Fred Van Vliet missed their last game. They play super small, and they're a wild team filled with six foot eight long dudes. Um, if you're familiar with the Blazers, not a lot of six foot eight long dudes on the roster who play together regularly. So should be a fun and an interesting test for them. Make sure you're listening. We will have a recap after that one. We'll do our fastest recap in the West. We'll we'll read the box score. It'll be a true recap after the Raptors game. Make sure you check that one out. Also, you can check out uh, Sean Woodley, host of Locked On Raptors. He does a wonderful job. Uh, if you want to get caught up on what's going on with Toronto, tell your friends about this podcast, subscribe to the YouTube channel, just search Lockdown Blazers wherever you're looking for us and you will find us. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.